Most gracious Lord, uh, we just we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the good things in our life. Uh, we also, Lord, we come here with things on our minds and hearts, people on our minds and hearts, and we offer all those things to you, knowing you are willing and able. Um, may your grace abound mightily, and uh, would you encourage us in our walk with you this morning. We pray in Christ's name. And so, yeah, I just wanted to talk about just prayer for, you know, for regular Joes and Janes. You know, prayer for us. Um, I I became a Christian towards the end of high school, and uh, so I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So I didn't have this model of what prayer is, talking to God. And but I know. Christians pray, and you find that in the Bible, obviously. And uh, so I remember in college, I read a lot of these kind of radical people who are alive for God's purpose kind of stories. Of um, there's a one guy named um, Charles T. Studd, and he was I love the name. You know, if I can change my last name, I'm changing it to Studd. <laughs> and uh, but he was uh, C. T. Studd. He was kind of like the LeBron James of cricket in the 1800s in England. I mean, he was a big deal, professional player, best in the world at cricket. Um, he got converted and went and he followed um, um, Hudson Taylor to China, did some mission work in China, and then he um, ended up going to Africa and spending the rest of his days in Africa seeking to convert the continent. I mean, he has really grandiose uh, ministry goals, and, and he, was, uh, he was no slacker, I will say that. Um, so, like, it, his story was really inspirational. Uh, one of his phrases was, um, if you don't want to meet the devil during the day, it's best to meet Jesus before dawn. And, in fact, he would get up at 3 a.m. every day and spend hours in prayer before the sun came up. Um, and then he would go out and evangelize and um, he, he was just—he was this person that was just consumed with the love of God and wanted others to know it, and um, it was really inspirational. Um, but yet, it, it was in my youthful zeal, I realized uh, that lifestyle was not obtainable for a regular person like me. Uh, what is, but what, what is God calling me to do? So, so like, what does it mean to pray? Um, if it means being uber-disciplined like this super-spiritual missionary, if it means uh, to be a super-spiritual person who just seems to float above the temporal realities of life, you know, in this um, ethereal splendor, um, you know, I am just, I'm overmatched and I'm ill-equipped. Um, it just makes me want to curl up in a fetal position and watch Netflix. I mean, it just, that is a hard, that is a tall order. Uh, I'm just too easily distracted. I feel too weak for that. Um, and so, so, so what is prayer? You know, I mean, is it, is it, is it talking to God? Does it have to be out loud? Can it be an internal dialogue? Um, Is prayer only about the quote-unquote important things in my life? Or do do the small little details in my life matter to God as well? Um, Is prayer getting into a meditative yoga pose, you know, and um, finding inner peace? Or is, or is prayer only found when I can kind of go outdoors and sit in nature and contemplate the, you know, the beautiful origins of our world and 
the God who made them? Uh, what, what, what is prayer for me? Um, um, is, do I only use religious jargon, you know, like we find in church? Do I need to pray like we do in our worship service? Or is it more like a conversation with a friend? Uh, what is prayer, you know, and, and what does God want with me anyway as it regards prayer? So I, I'm coming not as an expert, and this isn't going to be a theological treatise, on prayer, but rather, I think just maybe some thoughts and reflections from me, a fellow pilgrim in the faith who's had to wrestle with these things. And, um, and I think each of you bring a story and experience that I think would really help the conversation along. So here, here's just a few thoughts. One is, I think every, every person, because we're made in the image of God, prays whether we're conscious of it or not. Now, it's not Christian prayer. But I, I think the, the reality is everybody has a, a sense of what prayer is. It can be the, uh, you know, the odd silence you might observe when you're catching your breath, when you're confronted with something that's just beautiful. The ooh and ah of just being amazed or taken aback by something incredible. It could be uh, the stammer of uncertainty in the face of somebody's pain. Maybe your own or someone else's. Because um, you know, the reality is we're all in conversation and invited to conversation with our maker. Um, now, some people choose not to, not to engage that, but I do think that it's, it's an expression of what it means to be human, to be connected to our maker, the one who loves us so well. Um, Augustine said, God is the country of the soul. I like that. You know, the territory that, that I live and breathe and have my being is, is God. And I need to connect with that. Um, you know, Paul, in one of his um, most famous sermons at Mars Hill, he's talking to these philosophers in Athens, and he's like, he's quoting their own poets, you know, saying, you know, to an unknown God is this idol that they had there in Athens. And he said, you know, this God, I'll, I'll tell you who he is. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, so I think everybody, in a sense, is searching for that reality. But it's important that we know when we're praying, we're praying to the God of the universe. Um, Deuteronomy 4 7 says, What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way our, the Lord our God is with us whenever we pray to him? Psalm 34 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. God's eyes are on you. His ears are attentive to you. Um, you might feel like, I'm one of six, seven billion people on the planet. How, how is it that my concerns and needs matter to God? They do. They do. It, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense in our mind because we don't have the attention. I only have three kids, but when they're all talking to me, I can't pay attention to them all. I mean, and that's only three. You know, we're talking six and a half billion people on the planet. The Lord can. He is intimately aware and involved with every facet and detail of your life. The hairs of your head are numbered. So everything in your life is an opportunity to dialogue with him. He is the country of your soul. Uh, Jeremiah 29 says, you, when you, you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. When there's a, a desire that you have to connect with the transcendent, to connect with your God, 
Um, he says, if you seek him, you will find him. And that's a promise. And the promise of faith in Hebrews 11 is that prayer means we have to believe that he exists and that he rewards those who eagerly seek him. That he really is there and he really does reward us. Now, we can get off into the weeds when we think about what that reward is. Um, I think the reward is relationship. It is knowing and being known. It is the promise he gives us of his Holy Spirit. Um, uh, I had a friend who was a counselor in town, and he used to say, God is useless. Now, what he meant was, God doesn't exist for us to use to our own ends and purposes. He's, he's not the genie in the bottle. He's not, you know, he's, he doesn't just exist to serve our needs and wants and desires. Um, he, he's not useful to us. He's not something that we can manipulate or control. <clears throat> but I th- I, I, so there is a sense in which I know in my own life, I'm constantly, I've got my laundry list of things. You know, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, and I know this person is facing that, and I just have all these, all these things that I'm going down. Um, and sometimes when I think of prayer, it just feels like, yeah, I'm just, here's my to-do list, God. You know, if you can just take care of all that, that would be great. You know, um, and so, it, so I don't know about you, but I do find that you know what? Sometimes I go, huh? I mean, I prayed for all these things and they didn't seem to get answered. I'm still praying those things all this time later. Uh, you know, what does that mean? Where does that leave me? Uh, I think for some people it just makes them give up and go, well, the prayer thing didn't work for me. You know, I didn't get my prayers answered. Um, it's great if it means something to you, but I, I feel you know, left behind. And I think that's where um, what, what I think is really important is that prayer really does shape us as much as it's about the, the things on our agenda that we bring. Um, it's, it's also about getting, um, having God engage us. And so there's this clip I wanted to show from the movie Rudy, a classic, one of my favorites. Um, and Rudy is, he's, this is um, when Notre Dame was a powerhouse, I guess back in the 50s or so. And this little runt guy my size tried to walk on the football team. And he, uh, um, so he had this big dream, okay? And um, so here he is, he's talking with a priest about this dream that he's had and all the, pra- all the uh, prayers he's offered.
how unhelpful, right? <laughs> Here's this experienced priest. And sorry, it's always good to get a video of the movie, of the screen that somebody's watching it from. So, so that was a bad clip uh, quality. Um, but have you ever felt like that? Like, have I prayed enough? Have I done enough? How am I going to know when is God going to answer this for me? Um, and I just, I, I liked the uh, sincerity of the priest and just the realness of, you know, I'm not God. And I can't say. I don't know. Um, you know, but uh, that, that question that he's, Sean Austin's character there is wrestling with of, have I done enough? Have I done everything? You know, have you ever tried to make me- deals with God? Okay, God, if you, you know, if you show up for me this time, um, you know, I'll, I will, you know, I'll do whatever it takes. Let me know, you know. Um, and that's, and that, that's the, you know, the, the Greek and Roman God system. You know, they, they would offer sacrifices before a voyage or something to see. It was kind of like we're, they're making deals and bartering with the gods. Uh, the Lord God is not that way. He doesn't, he doesn't deal with us on a contractual basis. He's a covenant God, meaning he's relationally intertwined um, and connected with us in such a way that he, he loves and cares for us and provides for us um, in his timing. Um, some, of the, some of the struggles that people have with prayer is just simply, I'm too busy to really feel like I can focus enough on, I mean, you know, we think of a monk in a monastery. Oh, he's got all day to pray, and he finds this real peaceful, tranquil place. My life is harried and busy. I've got appointments to keep. I've got all these things going on in my life. Um, uh, but we do have Jesus as a model. Regularly, he was as busy, I think we could say, as anybody. He was needed by people all around him. Uh, he went from village to village. And those three years of public ministry... Um, that was that was a burdensome season for him, and yet we find in the Gospels regular intervals where he withdrew to a quiet and lonely place. He would he would go off up on the mountain and pray um, because he had to be with his father and spend time with his father. And so I, I found I don't want to call it prayer on the run because that sounds a little too trite, but I think God is with you wherever you are. And that is a relationship that's accessible in the midst of whatever harried activities you find yourself in. Um, I, I find places like the shower, the drive, the sitting in a, standing in a long line at the grocery store as opportunities, whatever's on my mind and heart, bringing that before God. I have some of my best epiphanies actually, you know, like in the shower or something or driving down the road, listening to music or something. Um, but really, it's, it's about developing this consciousness that God is with you and connecting with Him and keeping that dialogue going. It's, it's bringing questions. It's bringing thank, you know, gratitude to Him. It is being who you are and where you are, maybe even just asking the question, God, what do you want in this season, in this thing that's in front of me right now? Um, and so there is there's a little bit of a tension between active prayer, like going, okay, I'm going to um, just do this as I go while I'm exercising, and, and contempt, more contemplative kind of prayer where you go, okay, I need to remove all distractions from me. 
um, I'm going to go for a walk and sit on a bench and just spend a few minutes praying, you know, and being more contemplative. And so I think there's like a whole spectrum there of what it means to connect with God in relationship. Sometimes you do need the quietness and stillness of even just being able to feel yourself inhale and exhale. Uh, and that's something as a culture we don't do well at all. And you find people trying and attempting, I think, to capture this, you know, through yoga and other kinds of things like that, where we recognize we, just, we are just in a busy, entertain me now, I want everything instantly culture. Um, the, the slower waiting um, is, is a difficult thing for us. Um, I had this quote by C.S. Lewis that I really like. He uh, just—he was really honest about his prayer life. He read a whole um, book, The Reflections on the Psalms, which I would commend to anybody. I mean, just really great thoughts as he reads through the Psalms. Because if you think about it, I mean, somebody like David, who wrote many Psalms, I mean, he wrote some of those, some of the greatest prayers in the Christ, Judeo-Christian tradition were written like in a cave, on the run from King Saul. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible, the situations and circumstances of some of the Psalms, even. And, and people find such rest and strength and peace in them. But that they were not, it wasn't like, I'm just going to go on a mountain and spend, you know, two weeks in um, just quietness and ease. It's like, no, somebody's coming and gunning for me, you know, and I'm hiding in caves with my men, and we're, um, uh, we're on the run. Uh, but but C.S. Lewis, he, he said this about his own prayer life. He said, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't necessarily change God, but it changes me. Um, he had a real, it, it's that recognition. Um, I think some of our best prayers are when we're at the end of our rope. When I've done all the things that I know to do to make my situation better or to try to help somebody who's in need and I recognize all these efforts haven't done it. And then God, I think God's kind of going, oh, okay, oh, finally, do you, do you really need me now? You know, kind of like, uh, I, because he can and does show up in those places. Um, that's when those cracks in our souls start to really become manifest. And that, that's when I think the, the, the nourishing, nourishment of God can really come and meet us and can bring healing and hope and help. And, um, and so, so prayer really it's, it's recognizing our own finiteness, our own, I'm small and you're big. Um, you know, I've got two little girls who still love to just climb up into daddy's lap and just snuggle and be held. And they just have this instinctual um, need to be connected and to be known. And they feel such comfort and safety in the fact that they think I'm really big, you know? I mean, I'm 5'8", you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm not really big. And yet to them, I am. And they find that to be really um, comforting. And it's the same for us. Um, when we get to the bottom of it, no matter how high we climb in our business, um, no matter how successful we are in the world, at the end of the day, we are still fearful little kids. And we need to know that someone else has this. Because there's too many things in our world, no matter how much we try to keep the lid on, they come off. 
Um, and so we need we need God. And so, uh, yeah, what difference does it make really to pray? Um, you know, I, I think it makes the same difference as it makes to engage in a relationship. You know, what difference does it make to talk to my wife? She doesn't really do the things I want her to do. Well, it, it's really it's about the relationship. It's about knowing and being known. It's about being connected. Um, and uh, you know, we have promises in the Bible. I mean, Jesus says in Mark 11, um, whenever whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. You know, so the sense of prayer is asking God for stuff. And th- that can be corrupted really badly by health and wealth kind of promises, like name it and claim it. You know, um, I knew a guy in New Orleans once who uh, walk- he saw like a forerunner or something that he wanted, and he walked around it seven times, like Joshua around the walls of Jericho, claiming it in the name of Christ. I'm thinking he told me about this. You know, like I want. You know, I think God's going to give me that car. I'm like, yeah, I man. I guess. Crazy things happen, but uh, but you know it's it's not this like oh well if I want it surely God wouldn't keep me from having it you know God wants me to have it and if I you know only give a donation to that gospel preacher then he'll you know God will answer my prayers that's that's a corruption of this idea but there is a Jesus says you know ask and you'll receive you know there's times where I'm I'm not always confident about that if I'm honest. Because I've asked before and I haven't gotten what I wanted. But that's where I think it turns the question around a little bit. Why is it you want that? Why do you think that's what's best? Because we have such limited perspective on our uh, circumstance in the, in the grand scheme of time. Um, obviously, we pray the Lord's Prayer in every service. Um, Advent, which I think is, I mean, that's the center, that's the home for a Christian. Uh, We're praying to our Father. He intimately loves and cares for us. He's the God who knows us and knows our needs, and then we're praying for our daily bread. So there is a real sense of whatever that means in your day. It could be very literal, and I mean, it could be, I don't know, I'm going to pay the bills this month. Provide, Lord. uh, To... um, if God doesn't show up in these instances, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's, that's, he promises, just like he gave manna to the Israelites in the wilderness when they didn't have a food source. He's our food source, and he's our spiritual food source. He's going to keep us connected. There's all that imagery in the Bible, right, about being uh, Jesus saying, I'm the vine and you're the branches. You, know, you have to remain connected to Jesus in order to receive the spiritual nutrients of faith of remembering you are adopted into his family, that you are justified before God by faith, that you are no longer guilty, but you are righteous in his sight because of Christ. Um, those are the, the promises, the, the reminders that we are loved. Uh, we need those. And, and saying a prayer like the model of the Lord's Prayer really helps to recenter us, to reconnect us to who we really are. All right, well, one more kind of section that I just wanted to talk about and I just want to open it up and hear from y'all um, and that is you know so when when prayer doesn't necessarily seem to work or when you send up that flare you know and you're going when's the rescue going to come um, you know what what do we do at that point you know we have I mentioned the Psalms David's Psalms uh, earlier there's several places where he's going God why do you stand far off 
You know, he's, he's accusing God of, God, why haven't you shown up here? Um, how long, O Lord? Do, don't forget me. And Paul in Romans 8 says, uh, the, the Spirit, um, he says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groans. Sometimes the prayer can't even get past my lips. And it's more of a, oh, I need this to happen, God. Or you know there's this longing I have that is it's almost too deep to put into words. Um, and, and we find Jesus in his hour of passion in Gethsemane praying, Father, not my will but yours be done. He's praying so fervently and so intensely. In Luke's Gospel, he describes the sweat coming off of his brow as becoming like blood and falling into the dirt. He's praying that intensely, that much angst. And um, so there, there is, I think, a, a place for that kind of just honesty with God. And this is, this is a clip from um, Robert Duvall. I love him. He did this uh, movie called The Apostle in the late 90s about a southern preacher. And uh, so, so watch this clip. This is great. That's the table I for you. And I want to yell at you because I'm mad at you. I can't. Take it. Give me a sign or something. Blow this pain out of me. Give it to me tonight, Lord God, you're home. If you won't give me back my wife, give me peace. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give me peace. Give me peace. I don't know who's been fooling with me. You are the devil. I don't know. And I won't even bring the human into this. He's just a mutt, so I'm not even going to bring him into it. But I'm confused. I'm mad. I love you, Lord. I love you. But I'm mad at you. I am mad at you. So deliver me tonight, Lord. What should I do? Now tell me. Should I lay hands on myself? What should I do? I know I'm a sinner and I want to know But I'm your servant. Since I was a little boy, you brought me back from the dead. I'm your servant. What should I do? Tell me. I've always called you Jesus. You always called me Sunday. What should I do, Jesus? This is Sunday talking now. <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, uh, you know, but he's talking. Uh, God is in the room with him, and he. Do you see him? Tell me. And he's listening. Yeah, he was. He's expecting to hear. It's a living relationship. I mean, as as you know, um, caricature-ish, You know, as that is of of that type of kind of Southern Pentecostal preacher. It is a. Uh, there's something to that. Because, you know, Jesus tells a series of stories, um, and they're about God. He talks about, there's a friend in the, the middle of the night. 
who realizes he's about to host company and he doesn't have any food, and he goes and knocks on his neighbor's door in the middle of the night and is like, can you give me some bread, you know? Um, like, like this really rude kind of, I mean, could you imagine going to your neighbor and going like, yeah, hey, I know it's midnight, but I need some food to host some people over here. You know, I got some travelers coming through. Like, I don't know if they'd appreciate that, but, but like, <clears throat> and then he tells about a, a judge who's maybe a little crooked, and there's this widow who's pleading her case, and he's not that interested in really making a judgment for her because, you know, it's not going to benefit him. But yet, because, Jesus says, because of the persistence of this widow, the judge finally relents and gives her a judgment. And then Jesus talks about if, if even wicked men know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will your Heavenly Father, who does love you, who is not wicked, who is perfectly good and holy, give you good things to those who ask? Um, so, that's just a reminder for us of... Um, being persistent in uh, remembering, you know, remember that the sleepy friend and the the judge and the good father. Remember those things it, when it comes to prayer with God, because He really does desire to um, to meet you in those places. I mean, sometimes it's watching that clip of that preacher. I mean, it's it's a lot like the. The scene in Genesis uh, 32 when Jacob's at the river Jabbok and he's, he sends everybody over to meet. He's about to go meet his brother Esau. And in the middle of the night, he's accosted by a man and they wrestle all night. You know, he wrestles with God right there and he holds on to him and says, you know, I will not let, go, let you go until you bless me. There's this like persistent, pernicious, or not pernicious, but just like a really persistent, like intense, I'm holding on to you. You know, give me a blessing. And uh, there's something to the regular rhythm and ritual that we have in the Anglican tradition of coming back, whether it's morning prayer or the Holy Eucharist, there is this, we are coming before God who, before whom all hearts are open and all desires are made known. There's something very vulnerable about the fact that we're, we're recognizing that every week when we gather as work to worship. And we're doing that together in community. And I think community has been one of the most formative places for me of my own spirituality. As much as I'd love to think that oh, I've cultivated like a sage prayer presence by, you know, walking my dog every day and praying to God and I have this intimate connection, I think the reality is most of my connection has come in, in settings, either small groups or in the corporate setting, of being connected with other Christians, of knowing that somebody is praying for me, that I'm sharing even some of the, the, the doubts and struggles and also desires and hopes that I have, so that I'm not praying alone. It's not just me and Jesus. It's me and Jesus and Jesus' people, and I'm one of those. And of course, we have the reminder, Jesus is ever interceding before us, before the throne of God. He, he is interceding for us. Um, and so, um, yeah, let, let, I, I just love to hear, do you all have any thoughts or questions as it comes to this? I know this was a little bit like the ramblings of a, um, yeah, of a crazy, crazy guy here, but... What say you all? What what did you did this? Did I even talk about anything you thought I would talk about? <laughs> that might be a good question too. Aren't we taught in the prayer book or in the Bible 
to praise and say thank you. I mean, you think about prayer. Mm-hmm. I do. I think about this is what I like. Here's my list. You know, yeah. you know somebody. You know, take care of my family. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. So, but isn't it? Is it? Is it considered prayer? Absolutely. Hey, thank you. I always have this happen every time I hit a green light going home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jackpot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and in fact, um, one of my favorite authors, Eugene Peterson, who's a pastor, he says all prayer eventually leads to praise, whether it starts there or whatever. It's going to end there, no matter what. That's that's the ultimate thing about prayer. You're, there's a little um, acronym that you might be familiar with: ACTS, A C T S, adoration. That's you know praise, praising God. Confession, obviously, confessing our inadequacy, our weakness, our sin, our need. Um, T, thanksgiving, praise. Um, and then um, S, supplication or intercession. You know, So that, that's an easy thing to keep in your mind. Like, That's really what prayer is. You're doing acts. And, and, and sometimes you might emphasize one or the other. And again, sometimes it's a 30-second prayer. Sometimes maybe you have a few minutes to sit down and really... Bring something, and and really, um, I've heard it said, prayer is it's being with God with the things and people on your heart. You know, you just you're with God in relationship with the things and the people that are on your heart. Like that's all together in there. And so, yes, certainly praise is definitely. I mean, have you all found that to be true? That praise and thanksgiving is a part of relationship with God, your own... That makes my uh, asking make more sense if I first realize mm. who he is and what he's already done for me. Um, force myself to kind of put it in that order, the acts order, it, it really makes me more confident mm. in my asking. Um, cause, because I know I've rehearsed for myself things I don't really often have in the front of my in front of me, which is all, all of the great things about God. Yeah. No, it's great. We need that reminder of who He is. I like what you said to me about how, or you quoted somebody that said, all prayer eventually ends in Thanksgiving. It's like even seeing, like, the way He was praying, kind of shouting to God, and mm-hmm. like reading in the Psalms and seeing where David, that uh, song that you quoted, what was it? Like, how long will you forget me? And then, Towards the end of that song, I think he starts to like praise God. So you see, like, yes. in a lot of the songs, him like entering in in frustration, just like honesty and complete just rawness with God, and then leaving, having been restored by God and kind of like reminded of God's character, I guess. Yeah. It seems to happen a lot in here for me. You know? I like, I like just how honest and open that God was, how, like, you know, you can come into prayer. A complete mess. It doesn't have, you don't have to always come in like with your list and then the proper form. It's just kind of like sometimes it's going to happen that way. But it is Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a back a great little short one of the minor prophets, but um, as uh, that great clip you showed the apostles saying about uh, Habakkuk, says, How long, the Lord? Uh, it's Habakkuk kind of railing against God. How how long, the Lord, will I cry out and, and you do nothing? Uh, you know, cry out to you violence uh, and, you, and you don't respond. I mean, mm. Basically, Habakkuk is 
human nature being human nature, upbraiding God for all the stuff that's going on around and saying, how long, Lord, are you going to let this yeah. go on before you intervene? And what I love uh, is, is God's response. It's interesting in that this little short uh, book, there's a, there's a theophany, God reveals himself to uh, Habakkuk. But he, when he says, how long, Lord, uh, God tells him to go up on the, go up on the watchtower um, and, and wait. Uh, and, he, and he says, if it, 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 it tarries, uh, wait for it, for it will surely, for it will surely come. He says, and when it comes, write the vision, uh, make it plain on tablets so that a herald uh, can can run with it. But I, I love that whole interaction of um, Habakkuk's frustration, God's assurance that you know what, it, it may seem like it's taking uh, a little while, hmm. um, but 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 I will respond. Um, hmm. the, you know, the, the response that you're longing for, that you're looking for, will will come. But then I encourage with the two of us, well, basically to to, to share it, uh, to share it, hmm. to share it plainly, um, that others may know. God, hmm. God does in fact respond. Yeah, and if you think about it, how excited and drawn people are to hear stories of testimonies of when God has showed up, what God has done in their life. I mean, that usually is a real connection point for people. I mean, when you just talk about encouraging people's faith or inviting people into faith, you know, when it becomes much more real, that's, that, that's really important. I was thinking about what some of the stumbling blocks are, and um, I know for me, some of the stumbling blocks are just plain and simple ADD, um, <laughs> basic, you know, just distraction and, and, and busyness and, and that kind of jazz. Someone, I heard someone say that anxiety is prayer offered to oneself, hmm. um, and you know, I, I love to offer prayers to myself, and, you know, hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff, but... Um, but I, one of the things, and I wonder, what are some of the things that sometimes keep me, or not just me, just people from stumbling blocks of prayer? You know, I think one of them is um, is, a, is a misperception about the character of God. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is, is this: you um, there's that quirky parable that Jesus tells uh, about the uh, the master entrusts you know different talents to. His different servants, and you know, one goes and buries it on the ground. Says, "Look, here it is back. I knew you were a hard man. Here's what you gave me. I'm, I'm giving it back. I'm giving it back to you." And I think that's often representative of uh, we we don't think you think about people that you really enjoy spending time with. Um, and, and if you get an opportunity, you're like, "I'm just yeah, I really like so and so. Any opportunity I have to spend with so and so, I'm gonna make it work because I, I love being around them." And I always come away so energized from being with them and so forth and so on. I just think that can sometimes get in the way is uh, we we have this misperception of God, kind of like mm. Adam and Eve is someone for us to hide from, mm. um, rather than the person to whom we can turn with with the most honesty, with the most trust, mm. uh, and the one from whom we can come away relieved, uh, yeah. renewed, strengthened, loved. Um, yeah. I think sometimes that's a stumbling block for us is our misperception. Absolutely. You're, you're totally right about that. Well, thanks, y'all. I hope you'll go forth and this week be, yeah, be thinking about your own 
prayer life and conversation with God and uh, be watching for Him to show up in, um, in your own life, in your own walk. And I'd love to hear about it as well. All right. Go forth in the peace of Christ. Thank you. Good job. Here you go.